It is time for midday on this Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Thanks for making us a part of your day on this Thursday. Wherever you may be listening, it's 1130. Tyler Cavalli along with you. We'll hear from Jason Jorgensen previewing sports coming up. I'm sure he had a full day of uh, Christmas bowl games or bowl games yesterday. We'll catch up on that. Uh, Bob Broken will give us a preview of the business report as well. Temperature's a little bit better today, not as much snow, so if you are traveling, uh, should be optimal. The roads might be a little slick here or there, but not bad. Speaking of traveling, our own Bryce Duskett is uh, joining us right now. And uh, Bryce, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas Eve. Well, Tyler, good old traveling. Just jumped on the interstate and uh, get a report just outside of Lincoln. Uh, no snow over the road, so looks like smooth sailing for me at least. Okay. All right. Very good. And uh, I can tell you from Carney to Lex, it's not bad either. So you just got to get to those points and you'll be fine. There we go. Well, coming up from the farm team, uh, we'll kick it off at 1219. Alex will bring us uh, comments from the Angler Entrepreneurship Director, Tom Field, as he shares details about their upcoming scholarship application. That's going to be due January 4th. You won't want to miss that if you've got a student in college at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Then at 1245, it's Alex stepping in again. She's got part two of her co- her interview with the Idaho Potato Commission discussing all things potatoes around the holidays. Big fan of those potatoes at the holiday table. And then mm-hmm. wrapping up at 117, we've got the FNBO Friday Feeders feature. And uh, Susan will be stepping in with comments from Mike Drennan. He's a producer from Clarks, Nebraska, talking about why feeding cattle at the holidays is so special, as long as he'll uh, as well as share some information about his favorite beef meal. Tyler, as I sent it back, you got a uh, favorite for the holiday? Uh, beef on the table? You know, we're going to have prime rib tomorrow, so you can't go wrong with that. That's uh, kind of what we're having. What, what about yourself? I'm doing prime rib as well. I can't mm-hmm. wait. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, before we go, hey, just want to say congratulations to you and uh, your new fiance as well. We just recently got engaged. That's right. Uh, just two days ago. Appreciate uh, the well wishes and to uh, kick it off and make her drive me to the other side of the state. So we've got that going. All right. Thank you very much. That's, that's a good woman he's got there. <laughs> All right, Bryce, travel safe. Have a Merry Christmas. You too, Tyler. All right, thank you very much. All right, uh, let's turn over to Jason Jorgensen. Merry Christmas to you. And uh, Same back to you. Did you watch all those bowl games yesterday? Do you plan to today yet again? I did not, although I may watch the New Mexico Bowl this afternoon. I've always kind of uh, tuned into that one over the years. Normally it's earlier, but this year it was moved back a little bit, I believe. And then mm-hmm. they had to move it from New Mexico to that location, that nice field they have there, Frisco, Texas, which is just outside yes. of Dallas. They had to do that for COVID measures. So, by the way, why why the interest in the New Mexico Bowl out know, of all of them? Usually on on a Saturday afternoon. Okay. You know, right. it's normally at New Mexico, <laughs> and they'll have a 55, 60 degree day. I don't know. Okay, fair, fair enough. I just out of all the bowls. I mean, hey, when Hawaii and Houston lock it up, Tyler, anything can happen. Is that who's playing in that yeah. bowl? Mm-hmm. And Hawaii's coming to uh, Texas. I guess it wouldn't be New Mexico. So, right. all right, well, whatever. All right, sounds good. We'll have uh, Husker Hoops tomorrow at 5, just the second time Nebraska's ever played on Christmas. As they'll try to upset 19th-ranked Michigan. We'll have it tomorrow afternoon here on 880-KRVN. Okay, thank you very much, Jason. Sure appreciate that. Let's turn it over to Bob Brogan. Merry Christmas to you. How are stocks doing? Stocks have been a little bit higher on Christmas uh, Eve morning trading, despite President Donald Trump's threat not to sign a major economic stimulus package. And uh, so right now, not a not a big change, but there's a, a little bit. And uh, we'll be passing that information on to you, and the markets will close early today. Okay, thank you very much. Let's-
Time for regional ag weather update, final one of the week, and it's brought to you by Holdridge Irrigation. Paul Perkins has stepped in, and Merry Christmas to you, Paul. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you too, Tyler. Should be good traveling weather for everybody. Should be. We are going to, uh, some of us are going to get that white Christmas <laughs> we uh, didn't think we were going to have. Exactly. Uh, and what con- constitutes a uh, white Christmas, according to the National Weather Service, is about an inch of snow on the uh-huh. ground. And I was looking up, they did put out some weather statistics. And right in central Nebraska, over the last 30 years, about 30% of our Christmases are white with at least an inch of snow on the ground. I did not know that's what <laughs> constituted it. To make it a white Christmas was an inch. I thought maybe here's a couple of snowflakes. Yeah. <laughs> it's wide enough, right? Exactly. And so most of us should qualify after we saw that. System kind of surprised mm. us yesterday with a little more wind and snow. Uh, some treacherous driving yesterday for sure, but uh, things a lot better for today. But it's going to be cold today. We're seeing pretty cool temperatures. Exactly. Uh, the better chances of nicer weather as you go toward the west, but we do have a backdoor cold front cooling those temperatures off quite a bit into central and east areas of Nebraska. Most of central and east Nebraska right now in the upper teens to the low 20s, but then as you go towards Lexington on into west central Nebraska, northwest Kansas, and the Nebraska Panhandle, temperatures more so in the 30s to even some low 40s as warm as 41 right now in northeast Colorado. On the radar, it looks like there might be some flurries or maybe some light snow in the uh, sand hills, primarily near Mullen. Exactly. A little, and some of that, I wonder if it's not a little bit of a false return on the radar, but yeah, probably just a few uh, uh, flurries uh, getting squeezed from the clouds. Eventually, these clouds are expected to burn off for today. Wonderful. I, we we <laughs> want the sun back, uh, but overall, travel conditions going to be pretty good for today, and things eventually will warm up in the future. Exactly. Just a little bit on the breezy side for today, but those winds won't be blowing that snow around as much as we saw yesterday. Sending to probably cloudy skies returning today, thanks to some high pressure building in from the west. A backdoor cold front keeping central and east areas of Nebraska as much as 15 degrees colder than normal for today. But western areas will be closer to seasonal to slightly above average on the temperatures. So a big swing in the temperatures across the area. And still that big swing in temperatures from 5 above right now at Sioux City, 10 above at Wayne in northeast Nebraska, to as warm as some upper 30s in the Nebraska Panhandle. Wind gusts today, uh, 40 to 50 are possible from northern Kansas into southwest, west central, and western Nebraska. Otherwise, central and east Nebraska will be on the breezy side out of the northwest. Winds expected to be light tonight, so Santa not having to worry about any blizzard conditions. So a lot of people relieved about that, Tyler. If, you know, either way, <laughs> he can turn into 880 here, and uh, he'll know his weather conditions pretty much no matter where he goes tonight. <laughs> exactly. So with some westerly downslope winds kicking in off high pressure, Christmas Day and Saturday are warmest days of the next seven, with temperatures that will be about 15 degrees warmer than normal. A dry cold front does drop our temperatures about 10 degrees on Sunday. Snow chances do return as soon as Monday. This is a system that does bear some watching. Those snow chances expected to linger into at least Wednesday with an area of low pressure tracking across the plains. While it's still too early to tell for exact details, there are plenty of signs with this system that it could be a significant one, including a wide open supply of moisture from the Gulf of Mexico, slow movement of this area of low pressure, and some pre-existing cold air as daytime highs expected to cool into the mid to upper 20s for the middle part of next week. So definitely pay attention to this storm coming up in the middle part of next week. In the long-term forecast, Nebraska and Kansas temperatures will be slightly cooler than normal in behind that departing storm system. Temperatures for Nebraska and Kansas, though, back to seasonal to slightly above normal for New Year's Day through the first six days of next year. 
Above normal, temp- above normal precipitation is now very likely for Nebraska and Kansas. That middle part of next week, it quickly dries out with below normal precipitation late next week through January 6th. In the latest regional drought monitor, most of Nebraska continues to be in moderate to severe drought. Extreme drought remains in nearly all of the Nebraska panhandle on into southwest Nebraska. And as far east as Lexington to Alma, Kansas continues to be 19% drought-free with no dryness concerns across nearly all of the Oklahoma border counties. Most of Kansas continues to be abnormally dry to moderate droughts and not as dry. North central into western Kansas remains in severe to extreme drought. Key weather factors affecting the markets include beneficial rains in the forecast for Brazil and Argentina over the next week. In the U.S. Southern Plains, windy conditions developed yesterday, bringing stress to wheat from potential scouring out of the soil. Generally, drier weather is expected for the rest of the week on into the weekend. Some needed precipitation may arrive in the Southern Plains by next week. Across southern Brazil, much-needed scattered moderate showers moved through this last week, benefiting corn and soybeans as they enter or move through reproduction to the filling stage. Drier weather, though, is returning for some of the southern growing areas. Southern uh, Scattered showers will increase in coverage across central and northern Brazil, bringing some much-needed beneficial rain. More showers should return to southern Brazil by next week. In Argentina, a system brought much-needed widespread moderate showers in recently, but drier weather has developed in Argentina. Relief should come to western Argentina areas over the next couple of days. As much-needed beneficial showers start to spread across those areas, a large area of Widespread moderate to heavy rain may develop next week as the system starts to spread through Argentina. So some beneficial rain starting to show up there. But the good news is Christmas Day is going to be pretty nice for really much of our listing area. Yeah, exactly. 10 to 15 degrees above average over the next few days. Uh, just get past this little cold spell in central and east areas right now. But things looking up before that system does start to move in next week. It's a system that does bear some watching by Monday into uh, mainly on Tuesday next okay. week. Now, it does sound like it could bring more snow than what this last system did, too. Exactly. It's going to have a little more moisture to work with, and it's mm. also a slow remover. So. All right. Well, it is winter, so <laughs> I, I suppose we are due for some of those uh, storms coming in. But uh, all right. Sounds good. Uh, for a full weather forecast, or if you're seeing it, where can you go? Weather page, krvn.com. All right. Thank you very much. <laughs> The Angler Entrepreneurship Journey, celebrating success, embracing failure, and inspiring the entrepreneur inside of you. Thanks for joining us today. Our show is a little bit different because we are joined in studio by Tom Field. He's the director of the Angler Program. And Tom, today we're talking about some scholarships that you guys have available for both current and prospective students. So tell us more about these scholarships. So our scholarship program is really focused on investing in young people who are really pursuing that entrepreneurial pathway. Those young people who say, look, I want to be my own boss. I want to build something that's mine. And by the virtue of the the power of these scholarships, which were made possible through the generosity of Paul Engler and his foundation, we're able to invest in people so that we can literally buy back some of the time that maybe they would be spending doing part-time work or whatever, trying to just piece together enough money to get through college that these scholarships maybe buy people time to focus on their passions, the things that they really see as an opportunity for themselves in the future. So, Tom, for people who might be interested in applying for these scholarships but aren't quite sure what the Angler program is, what's important for them to know? 
So it's important for people to understand is if, if you have this burning desire to pursue your purpose through the art and practice of entrepreneurship, the Engler program at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln is exactly the right program for you. We look for students who have resilience, grit, determination, the capacity to get knocked down and get back up. Those people who recognize that, you know what, if I just pour myself into something with enough energy and enthusiasm and effort, the reality is I can start something. Those are the folks who we're trying to attract. And Tom, this isn't something that's theoretical. It's something that the Angler students are doing boots on the ground, aren't they? We are the blue collar scholars. We just go to work every day. Our vision with our students, with our alums, with our community, and, and even with our staff is every day make a step. Every day make something happen. And we're all about helping people start companies while they're in college. Absolutely. Well, Tom, for those who are interested in applying for this scholarship, tell us about the important details. So you can find the, the scholarship application on our website, engler.unl.edu, and engler spelled E-N-G-L-E-R dot U-N-L dot E-D-U. And our deadline is January 4th, midnight. Um, you'll find that application. It's a rather unique application. Um, some rather interesting questions to answer, and we're looking for high-capacity high school students, transfer students, and existing students at the university. There are two basic requirements. You need to have a major in CASNR, and um, you need to have 4-H and FFA background. But you can also, even if you don't meet those qualifications and you want to be part of the Engler program, the Engler program is not dependent on a scholarship. So you can be involved with our program and not receive a scholarship. Uh, the scholarship is sort of the frosting on the cake um, to try to help people along. All right. Well, Tom, as we round out this conversation, give us a year in review, if you will, of 2020 for the Angler program. So I would say that while 2020 was a really tough year, I've never been prouder of a generation of young people. Um, we saw more wonderful things happen in the fall of 2020 than we could have absolutely ever have imagined. And it was so fun to see the way that people came together and we saw real power come um, from that spirit of community. A great message as always. Thanks so much, Tom. That again is Tom Field joining us. He's the director of the Angler Agribusiness Entrepreneurship Program at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. And just as a reminder, those scholarships are due by January 4th. And you can find more information at angler.unl.edu. It's time for Midday Sports. Here's Jason. Hey, thanks, Tyler. Well, it's a light Christmas Eve schedule for pro and college sports with just a New Mexico Bowl on tap between Hawaii and Houston. Hawaii at 4-4 four and four will try to finish with a winning record for the third season in a row. The Cougars are looking to avoid consecutive losing seasons for the first time in 18 years. This game was moved to Frisco, Texas, outside of Dallas from its usual location, Albuquerque, because of COVID-19 restrictions in the state of New Mexico. Well, Lizzie Bourne led four Huskers in double figures with a career-high 22 points, but Nebraska suffered an 83-72 loss at Purdue yesterday. Bourne had a big day, knocking down 10 of 17 shots from the field, including a pair of three. She had seven rebounds while playing a career-high 38 minutes. Head coach Amy Williams says this game came down to rebounding. We're not looking for moral victories. I think, you know, for us, we want to just continue to compete and be able to string together 40 minutes. And, um, you know, we knew that in a game like this today that if we wanted to win, we'd have to rebound. And we gave up um, 12 offensive rebounds and, and 13 second-chance points. 
Williams made her comments at her postgame show on the Husker Sports Network. Nebraska is now 3-3 three and three overall and 1-2 and two in the Big Ten. 13th ranked Creighton, they were able to fight off 22nd ranked Xavier yesterday at home, winning that one 66-61. The Jays are off now until next Saturday. The Nebraska men's basketball program, they're home for the holidays as Nebraska will host Michigan tomorrow in a Christmas Day matchup. Nebraska's game with Michigan is one of four Big Ten Christmas games on the slate. It's also just the second time Nebraska's ever played on Christmas. Huskers are 4-4, four and four, coming off a tough 67-53 loss in ninth-ranked Wisconsin on Tuesday night. UNK wrestling team is ranked second in the first edition of the National Wrestling Coaches Association Division II Top 25. The rankings are determined by a panel of head coaches from around the country. Loper head coach Dalton Jensen says it could be a big year. When you look at our bottom six weights, um, those guys are all returning and they've all been to the national tournament or have been an All-American before. With heavy hitters like that, obviously that makes a, a very strong team and puts us in contention. I think in a couple of different rankings, we're ranked second nationally and a, and a couple others were ranked third. You know, right now for where we stand, I'd say that's probably pretty accurate. UNK is 2-0 and in the dual season. They're slated to compete again on Sunday, January 10th, when they travel to Iowa State. That's a look at sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. I'm Jason Jorgensen. It's time for Midday News as Ellen Simmons has stepped in. And Merry Christmas Eve to you. Merry Christmas Eve. You have everything ready to go for uh, tonight and tomorrow? No. <laughs> oh, okay. That was a very blunt no. <laughs> well, right. I was working on a Christmas. Well, most of my Christmas gifts are handmade since ah. my husband bought me a cricket. Mm. And uh, one of those projects, the last one I had to get done did not go so well this morning. So I have to restart. <laughs> Sounds very familiar. Uh, and the roommate in our household is uh, procrastinating, and someone will not get their <laughs> gift because you procrastinated so much. So, oh, goodness no. gracious. I'm like, you had all this time. What are we doing yeah. here? You know what day Christmas falls on every Life year. It's busy, okay? You're right. You are absolutely right. Very good. Well, what do you have for us uh, on this Thursday edition? Well, Two Rivers Public Health updated the weekly risk dial yesterday, or excuse me, today, December 24th. Risk has remained in the orange elevated level. Two Rivers Public Health will continue to work with local health partners to distribute and administer COVID-19 vaccines. And while recent changes in numbers of cases both locally and statewide offer hope, remaining vigilant to prevent the spread of COVID-19 is more important than ever. Arvind Menon, Ph.D. Uh, epidemiologist with Two Rivers, says da daily COVID-19 case counts and test positivity rates continue to decrease across Two Rivers Health District, although a Ongoing outbreaks in residential facilities throughout the district are being closely monitored. The sustained drop in case counts is continued uh, reason for caution optimism, or excuse me, cautious optimism. Residents are advised to continue to adhere to strict pre preventative measures, social distancing, correct and consistent masking at all times to protect themselves and others. Uh, the full weekly report can now be found online at trphd.org. A campaign to recall Lincoln's mayor and four city council members has failed after petition circulators failed to gather enough signatures to trigger a recall election. The group LNK Recall says it came up thousands of signatures short in the request to recall Mayor 
uh, excuse me, Mayor Baird and hundreds short in the effort to recall the council members. The recall campaign was launched in October in response to new pandemic restrictions in Lincoln, including a citywide mask mandate. Organizers targeted Gaylord Baird, as well as council members James Michael Bowers, Richard McGinnis, and Jade Raybold, Jane Raybold, and Tammy Ward. All the McGinnises, excuse me, all but McGinnis are registered Democrats, and the effort won support from local Republican activists. Omaha firefighters are now receiving coronavirus vaccinations as Nebraska continued to distribute doses to frontline workers who are at risk of getting exposed to the virus. The city's firefighters are among the first in line for vaccinations because they also work as emergency medical technicians or paramedics. The Omaha World Herald says who work in the field are getting priority over those in administrative jobs. Assistant Chief Kathy Bossman says what about 36% of the department has tested positive for the virus so far. Nebraska further relaxed its social distancing rules on Thursday as the number of hospitalized coronavirus patients remained fairly stable. And finally, Nebraska's leading economic indicator rose again during November, according to the most recent report from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln's uh, Bureau of Business Research. The indicator rose just over half a percent percentage point, the fifth increase in the past six months, with five of six components improving last month. BBR Director Eric Thompson says this is the fifth increase in the leading indicator over the past six months and suggests that the Nebraska economy will grow through mid-2021. The leading indicator improved in large part due to a decline in the value of the U.S. dollar. A lower U.S. dollar is useful for agricultural producers, manufacturers, and other Nebraska businesses which export. There also was an increase in building permits for single-family homes and manufacturing hours work during the month of November. Thompson said of particular note was a declining value of the U.S. dollar, which enhances the competitive position of manufacturers, agricultural producers, and other businesses that export. You can find more news at krbn.com. All right, thank you very much, Ellen. We are continuing part two of our conversation today with the Idaho Potato Commission President and CEO Frank Muir talking about those mashed potatoes, the scallop potatoes, the cheesy hash browns, all of those wonderful potato side dishes that bring our families together through the holiday season. And Frank, you and I were chatting before we came on air today that one thing that's probably important to mention is the pandemic. And I want to ask you how the potato industry has fought back, if you will, to this pandemic. Now, that is a great word because we did have to fight back in March uh, when all restaurants were, for the most part, closed down. That impacted immediately about 60, at 60, 60% of our volume goes into, into a food service, either in processing or fresh. We had to pivot very quickly to move all those potatoes that would have been designated going to food service operations to move them to retail. And our retail customers at that very time were experiencing significant out-of-stocks of all Idaho potatoes. What was very interesting to me is when consumers really had to go to the store and get what they needed most for their family, the things that were out of stock were toilet paper, sanitizer, and potatoes. And we had to work very quickly to fill those shelves. And by shifting uh, food service potatoes coming in 50-pound carton, which is typically not a, not a retail offering, but we were shipping 50-pound cartons of auto potatoes into retailers 
directing and guiding them on how to just pop off the lids and create instant displays on top of those empty shelves. We also provided directions on how to create huge waterfall displays. So stacking all those different varieties of potatoes are very high, providing those kind of displays. But then there was also challenges we saw because of social media with people coughing on produce. That raised the alarms of the produce industry. Let's make sure we've got to put our produce in bags. That allowed us to shift our gears to providing, um, again, moving large food-sized potatoes. They tend to be on the food service side. They tend to be the larger count potatoes, the larger sizes. We put uh, a, a, what we call a bin promotion, which are uh, a bins full of 1,000 pounds of Idaho potatoes in 8- and 10-pound bags. And these, again, are the jumbo-sized uh, jumbo potatoes. And we shipped over 2,000 truckloads of those uh, bins all over the country. And, uh, again, we were able to move all, or at least the, the grand majority of these uh, uh, at that time, homeless uh, food service potatoes into uh, into the through the retail market. We still had significant impact because uh, obviously prices were were impacted because when food service shut down, prices began to fall because everybody was afraid they would be left with all these excess potatoes. It impacted our seed business because we were just just in the process of planting, and several of the processors cut back their orders because they didn't think they'd need potatoes. And so a lot of our seed potatoes ended up uh, being uh, basically donated because they're treated a little differently. They, they can't last forever. They're not designed to last forever. Uh, and so those were often you saw in the media being donated to, uh, to different causes. But, you know, for the vast majority of the potatoes, we were able to at least move them, sell them, and not end up with a huge inventory at the end of the year. I'm so glad you shared that example because I was one of those consumers in the grocery store looking for potatoes and there was nothing there. So, Frank, along with, you know, all of the things you guys do on the production side, you guys also have a lot of fun with potatoes. And we were talking about these things before we came on air. The Idaho Bowl game. Tell us about that and the potato drop. What are some things that you guys do with these potatoes? Yeah, the Idaho Potato Commission several years ago became the title sponsor of the college football bowl game played here in in Boise, played on the famous blue turf. And uh, the turf, or the stadium, is now the Albertsons Stadium. And so I've I've had a lot of fun saying, isn't it great that the famous Idaho Potato Bowl is played in a grocery store? And so there's no bowl better connected with the title sponsor and the stadium it's played in. So uh, this year uh, we are featuring, it was just announced, we'll be featuring a team from Mountain West Conference, uh, University of Nevada, and they'll be facing uh, Tulane out of the American Conference. And if you really want to have fun watching a game, watch the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. It's always exciting. There's always an exciting finish. And last year the winning coach uh, also received, instead of a a bath of uh, Gatorade or water received a, a warm uh, covering of French fries, Idaho French fries. So we're hoping to be able to see that happen again uh, this year. Isn't it great that a winning coach can take a snack of French fries to the uh, to the podium to receive the winning trophy? So a lot of fun things that will happen in this bowl game. And in addition to that, uh, we've also been uh, having a lot of fun these last several years with the New Year's Eve Idaho potato drop. Uh, we drop a large Idaho potato in front of 
the Boise Capitol. Uh, because of the COVID and because of the issues, uh, we're going to do it in a closed environment this year. Traditionally, we have anywhere from 20 to 30,000 people gather to, in the cold to see the famous out of potato drop. Uh, but we are going to be doing this as a for TV uh, only event, and so people around the state and around the country will be able to see the famous auto potato drop just as usual. And we're excited to, to kick 2020 out the door and welcome 2021 and hope for hope for a better year. <laughs> Don't we all wish that? That's awesome. <laughs> I, I love that Idaho has these traditions too, because I always thought Nebraska was crazy for doing things like the corn husking contest, but I'm so happy right. to hear that Idaho does those things too. <laughs> oh yeah. And I, I can say probably some of the locals get a little tired of everything. Every time they say they're from Idaho, they always ask if they're a potato farmer. <laughs> well, Nebraskans get that too with either corn or beef. So <laughs> I get a I get a kick out of that. I think it's great that that's what we're so well known for. Absolutely. Well, Frank, thanks so much for being with us and sharing information about the Idaho potato industry. Uh, it's a crop that's grown in Nebraska, but it's certainly not prevalent in all areas of the state. So I learned a lot, and I hope our listeners did too. That again is Frank Muir. He's the president and CEO of the Idaho Potato Commission. Broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska's Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. Have a very Merry Christmas. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. With a business report for this Christmas Eve day, I'm Bob Brogan. U.S. stock indexes are closing modestly higher after drifting through an abbreviated session. The S&P 500 rose four-tenths of a percent before trading shut on Wall Street for the Christmas holiday, trimming its small loss for the week. Markets will reopen on Monday. The majority of stocks in the S&P 500 rose, and gains for tech companies and others helped overshadow losses for oil producers. European stock movements were also muted. House Republicans have shot down a Democratic bid to pass President Donald Trump's long-shot end-of-session demand for $2,000 direct payments to most Americans. The made-for-TV clash came as the Democratic-controlled chamber convened for a pro forma session today scheduled in anticipation of a smooth Washington landing for the massive year-end legislative package. That package folds together a $1.4 trillion government-wide spending with the hard-fought COVID-19 package and dozens of unrelated but bipartisan bills. Millions of Americans have been jobless since the viral pandemic ripped through the U.S. economy in March, triggering a deep recession and causing widespread unemployment. Now, many months later, they face a holiday season they hardly could have foreseen a year ago. Too little money to buy gifts cook large festive meals, or pay all their bills. Nearly 8 million people have sunk into poverty since June after having spent the $1,200 checks the government gave most Americans this spring and a $600 a week supplemental jobless benefit that expired in July, according to research by Bruce Meyer of Chicago and two other colleagues. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Brogan. It's time once again for Friday Feeders, brought to you by FNBO, the great big small bank. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. For Mike Drennan, a cattle feeder from Clarks, Nebraska, and owner of Drennan Feedlots, the holidays are a special time for feeding cattle. It's a chance to celebrate that. You're giving, giving the cattle their Christmas meal, and 
and it's something that you reflect back on a year of what you've been through and all the things that we do and the blessings that we've had and and you just look at that and i guess i've always enjoyed that for christmas and and it's you know we always rotate things and over the years when i had young kids our employees would work on on christmas and i would give them new year's off and and so now we do the same thing for our employees with kids we we work the christmas holiday and and um and between both my sons and myself and and it really works out well and try to get that time where they can spend time with their families so you know you just you, it's it's important to us but i tell you it's pretty cool though that get out there and you know on a crisp morning and feed the cattle for christmas and get home and enjoy some great prime rib i was just going to ask how much is beef a part of your christmas holiday traditions <laughs> well you know it uh i guess um uh, turkey and and all of that doesn't pay you know we've always tried to have the prime rib or you know you, you always got to have that oyster stew that's been around since my my uh, grandmother always made it so that's always something kind of special but yeah the beef is a big part of it and we enjoy that sit down with our families and you know and again it's it's something that's a part of us that's who we are and it's and it's great to sit down with your whole family and enjoy it and give thanks to everybody and, and everything and count our blessings so for our listeners who are last-minute Christmas meal shoppers and they're going to go grab themselves some beef, what's the Mike Drennan tip for picking the best cut at the grocery store? <laughs> well, you know, at different times I try to go to the high end. I mean, you go to uh, grocery stores that carry some choice or prime product, and, and those are some of your best things that you can get. And, and there's uh, you know plenty of those stores around that handle some of that. And and that's where we go to, you know, and there's a few, few certain people that, you know, a lot of times we'll buy some box meat ourselves and age it and uh, we'll process it into steaks or prime ribs and things like that. So, you know, that's that's a big part of it. And I tell you, there's some uh, a lot of great meat lockers around us in all around Nebraska that really put together some really nice cuts of meat. And you're starting to see more and more. Uh, ranches or feed or farms or you know putting together some of their own products and that they sell and so you don't have to look very far and if you uh, you know Google Nebraska beef and and someone having it for resale I think you'll be able to find quite a few people that really have some really great cuts of meat. Well Mike I wish you and Beth and your entire family the most amazing Christmas. Well, same to you, Susan, and I tell you what, it's. It, I understand maybe your son's back for Christmas for a little bit from the uh, military. Yep, he's home. Well, and that's really pretty neat, and, and you know, and all the families that have, you know, siblings or, or fathers, mothers, or, you know, anything that's, anybody that's in the military, it's it's nice to be able to get back together with them, and, and especially this year with all the things that are going on, it just makes you extremely thankful for family and and being able to get people together and just just enjoy that time. That's Mike Drennan with Drennan Feedlots, this week's Friday Feeders. Merry Christmas to everybody. I'm Susan Littlefield on the World Radio Network. Clay Patton on the World Radio Network as we take in on the closing futures on the grain side with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the newsletter this week in grain. And John, we've now actually kind of let these grains come. They've settled clear out and it's going to be a, another positive day for the corn and the soybeans. Wheat having a little bit of a mixed day. That have anything to do with the EU and Brexit? 
I, maybe a little bit. I, I we slack in a story here. It doesn't have the the kind of driving demand story that we have. Demand's good, but it, you know the supplies in this country are, are ample. I think what we're all waiting for on the wheat side will be kind of what the weather is for the next month, month and a half, and then you know starting to try to guess uh, Black Sea yield and, and Texas yield and Oklahoma yield. I mean that's that's impossible five weeks out. I, I find it laughable people are going to try to do it five months out, but that's what that's the world we live in. Uh, so wheat will be a little bit of a lagger here. Uh, but corn and beans specifically, you know, the bean products like meal and oil, they're just on fire. And, um, you know, if you want to say a prayer, thank, thank somebody tonight. Thank the poor union workers of Argentina. They've uh, probably put about 90 cents on this market in the beans in, you know, three or four days, five days. So uh, market's strong, expected to be that way. Uh, the, you know, the intel I get from down there is that this thing could last till through the end of the year. So this next week, you know, more people are going to be short. You have... The U.S. supply situation that's really tight. If you look at the basis maps on the river, we're just climbing on the basis every single week um, as you know, U.S. demand is just off the charts from the export side. Given that type of data, then typically we hear this more on the equity side, but we talk about Santa Claus rallies. Is that something, is the trader's mindset, is the momentum there to maybe carry that through for beans and maybe even corn? Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I don't think that's kind of the mentality in commodity trading. Seasonality's been pretty good though in, in this time of the year so if you're looking at corn or beans and cotton i think are the three that i've kind of seen have really good strong bullish moves here coming in the coming week week and a half you get into mid-january then you start to see you know that the south american production gets sold but in this weird year we're hearing like 70 percent of the crop is already sold down there so those producers are selling a lot ahead and if they don't have it. I mean, you're just talking about major problems. So we haven't seen any huge write-downs yet. I don't think this is a weather rally quite yet. I think this has a lot to do with logistics and just a tight supply globally combined with a currency picture that's really rosy. So uh, six months have passed, and it's just been an incredible dichotomy as far as uh, the conditions we find ourselves in. And, you know, that could change back the other way, but at this point it's hard to see that given uh, the amount of money that's being printed, the demand and supply uh balance sheets and, and you start to see countries close their borders and we got all that going on that is john payne senior marketing analyst with daniel's ag marketing in chicago learn more at danielsagmarketing.com and again do remember train futures and options involve risk of loss and may not be suitable for all investors all right thank you very much clay that'll wrap up this christmas eve edition of midday you can listen to the podcast at krvn.com it is sponsored by Deveni motors hey i was just uh thinking about it. i wanted to remind you that if you're trying to get into the christmas spirit and you want some christmas music check out frosty fm if you're in the carning area 106.9 fm or 93.1 hd2 in central nebraska or if you're not able to access either one of those you can also stream frosty fm live right now at krvn.com or on the KRVN uh, app as well. So check out uh, Frosty FM. It will be available through a couple days after Christmas as well, but it's on right now. All Christmas music 24-7 to get you in the mood. Check out Frosty FM.